the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. On the first Sunday after Easter, I'm often reminded of the last chapter of C.S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia, in which the heroes enter into the resurrected world and are joyously welcomed into the new heavens and the new earth by the great lion Aslan. Lewis writes, The light ahead was growing stronger. Lucy forgot everything else because Aslan himself was coming, leaping down from cliff to cliff like a living cataract of power and beauty. Aslan turned to them and said, You do not yet look as happy as I mean for you to be. On the first Sunday after Easter, the same could probably be said of us. Perhaps, for some of us, we're still transitioning from the rigors of Lent and its penitential disciplines. Perhaps we're still caught up in the sheer surprise that Good Friday actually turned into Easter Sunday yet again. Perhaps we're still warming up to our Christian duty of feasting after a season of fasting. Wine and chocolate might follow a bit hard after a diet of water and bread. It's humorous to think about, but the rule of the church calls us to feast and to celebrate with as much rigor and gusto as we gave to our fasting and penitence. It's our Christian duty. But that's difficult to practice because the simple fact remains that we find that we don't have enough hours in the day, enough presence of mind, enough creativity or imagination to sufficiently celebrate the resurrection and all that it means. We have been raised to new life as the children of God and offered a place in God's family forever. How could we ever be done with joy? We are not yet as happy as Christ means for us to be. In fact, one of the blessings of the life of the world to come will be adequate time and space and creativity and community to pull off a proper celebration of the resurrection. And it's in light of these reasons that the gospel lesson for today might be seen as a moment of sacred irony. There's almost a sense of humor to it. Christ has risen. Mary Magdalene spoke with him, saw him, reported this encounter to the disciples. Peter and John raced to Christ's tomb to find it empty. As readers, we might be tempted to look with a bit of judgment, or at least with a bit of confusion, when we find them huddled together that night in a locked room. Why are you hiding in the dark? Jesus, your friend, your Lord, has walked triumphantly out of his tomb past the sealed stone and the locking key under which it was placed. Don't you know that this means that he was telling the truth, that the kingdom of God is here? But some habits die hard. The question of the Garden of Eden is the question of the upper room. Where are you? God asks. The answer? We were hiding. Because... That's what broken human beings do, and that's what we have always done. But just as God walked through the garden to find a hiding Adam and Eve, 
So Jesus arrives in the upper room that night, passing as easily through the locked doors as he did through his own sealed tomb. Peace be with you. But they don't feel that peace right away. St. Luke describes the same scene and notes that the disciples were convinced that Jesus was a ghost. And given everything that had just happened with the betrayal and the crucifixion, he was probably not a happy ghost. (laughs) But Jesus starts with simple things. He allows them to touch his body. He shares a meal with them to show that he is truly alive, that he has a body, that the scars of crucifixion are not written off, but rather are now the signs and evidence of his victory. Having settled these things, Jesus declares the peace of God to them. He informs them in doing so that the work of the cross has been accomplished and that the joy of the resurrection has begun. Peace be with you means that Christ has conquered sin and death, that there is open to all forgiveness and healing and communion and rest. Peace be with you means that the Father has sent the Son to reconcile heaven and earth, and now the Son calls his disciples to join him in that labor. Peace be with you means that it's time to believe, not just by knowing, but also by acting, starting by leaving the locked room. The risen Christ now calls all of his friends to go out and to share the work. And this is the gift of Easter. Christ has entered into our midst to say that it's time to leave the locked room, the tombs of our own making, the tombs that we carry around with us, So, too, he enters into our midst today in the word and sacrament. He'll let us handle his body, and he'll share a meal with us to remind us that just as he truly died, he also truly lives, that we might believe him and trust him, and then go out with him to the work of entering into those many, many dark and locked rooms of this world to proclaim that same peace, the peace of God, to be the peace of God to the many fearful and uncertain souls who have yet to hear and know. And so let's not be afraid to rejoice. For although we're not yet as happy as he means for us to be, Christ has come in resurrection to give us life, and not just for ourselves, but for this new work of living for the life of the world, to reconcile heaven and earth. And so we declare together again today the resurrection of Christ, and we commune together today with the Lord and Savior who is risen in victory. He is risen. The Lord is risen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.